promise you, we as a people will get there. Welcome back to Everybody Mad. This is your boy Rel. You're now entering Everybody Mad chat room. So, before I go any further, I want to introduce this new uh summer series i guess i'll call it for the everybody mad podcast these are going to be black shorts they're 30 minute episodes um on specifics that pertain to us black people and the goal will be to um inform or enlighten to just bring more uh awareness to but then also make sure that there's uh in this um resources and resources could just be links way to connect with people uh each of these will have a guest so if nothing else it'll be a way to connect to that person who you could consider uh an expert on it so to that i want to thank y'all for continuing to tune in um season one wrapped up beautifully and y'all showed love in uh maintaining your audience ship throughout uh the season and that's all love so that's 100 percent appreciated and so to introduce this week's or this black shorts first guest uh i'm joined by natasha williams uh and i will let her introduce herself so say what's up and tell them who you are what's up so this is me saying what's up um and thought you would have a little bio for me or something no. but you don't that's fine but anyway <laughs> um again my name is natasha i've had a very interesting background um i started in the nonprofit world moved to the government space because i was going to grad school and needed to find some extra money to fund my lifestyle um and then sort of transition into the private world a little bit um did some lobbying work moonlight as an activist as i like to say i don't consider myself a big activist and that's my main job but um i have been a part of of a lot of uh recent activist movements um and i like to play the background logistical role ensuring that everything goes off seamlessly i'm super passionate about any and everything black and i have a particular interest in ensuring that black people um black women are building political power for themselves and their community i'm glad you mentioned about building black women political power um because this short is going to be on black politics what i want to ask is uh What's the importance of black women historically in building black power and in how we move forward in maintaining and continuing to build black power? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, historically, black women have been at the foundation of everything, especially if we think about this society, right? Like, it is black women that continue to birth babies, right, and continue slavery, <laughs> if it wasn't for us birthing babies, and having more people to enslave, right, slavery wouldn't exist. Black women, they're the images often of black women literally nursing white babies, you know, on their boobs. So, you know, we have always played a role in shaping the lives of pretty much every single person, but often don't get the respect 
um, and honor that we deserve for the work that we have done on the humble. Um, if you think about voting rights and how my sorority in, in particular, we stood with the white suffragists who told us that we couldn't march in their march and we had to march in the back of their march, right? If you think about who actually got the right to vote first, it was men. Um, so black women have always sort of fallen at the bottom of the totem pole, yet still we uh, still showed up to everybody's stuff. You know, whether you're a white woman or a black man, we showed up. Um, we often have held leadership positions, right, whether it's in the civil rights movement, again, or the women's movement to a certain degree um, because white women were haters. Um, but, you know, we, we've always been a part of politics. Um, I'm thinking of Ida B. Wells. She did a ton of things. Didn't necessarily have the opportunity to be in positions of power politically, um, but she was a powerful person because of her advocacy um, and her ability to organize and cultivate people around the particular issue she was advocating for, which was lynching. That's real. Um, I can give you another one, Shirley Chisholm. Um, you know, leading the way as you know the first woman to uh, run for uh, for a major party candidate as a presidential candidate. Um, and yeah, like you you think about I've heard recent comments where Joe Biden has talked about you know always having um, you know black women as you know as a part of his support. The you know black women have you know he said always have supported him and always. Um, you know, have, you know, played a critical part in how in, in his elections and him winning elections. And, you know, in this moment, I think it is really important to uh, really be amping up that message because it's 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 a fact that black women uh, are the foundation of the Democratic Party um, and have been at the foundation of electing um, Democratic candidates for president. Um, they are are essentially um, the loyalist of the Democratic Party and the, the ones who, who go out to vote um, at, at the highest rate. Very interesting um, to note. So with that, um, you want to share any info on your own uh, black political uh, endeavors um, in terms of your club or other activities? Yes, so last year, I believe it was my year, last year. Time is just not real at this point, especially nope. given quarantine. Um, but last year, I started an organization called the New York City Black Women's Political Club, <clears throat> essentially created to harness, organize, cultivate, um, educate, support Black women in New York City who are just interested in um, getting involved in their community, getting involved in politics, understanding the process, uh, because, you know, it is my belief that when we bring black women together um, and speak from the power that we have collectively, um, we can then demand, again, the respect, right? Because I talked about the fact that we haven't received the respect, the respect um, and power that we deserve. Um, that's just not harnessed because it's fragmented, right? You have black women over here, you have black women over there, but often something that I observed and identified the gap is that we're not as coordinated as we could be, mm. especially in this moment. Um, 
And so being inspired by other people, such as Dalia Daughtry and Minya Moore of the world, um, who created Power Rising, uh, which is another it's a conference, it's not an organization per se, um, but a conference bringing black women together, um, inspired by the Westchester Black Women's Political Caucus, um, who has uh, been around for over 40 years, again, seeking to leverage and build political power for black women in Westchester County, um, inspired and also annoyed uh, because of the continued and perpetual um, voter trends of black women uh, to vote democratically yet and still our issues are not always at the forefront when we talk about policy and government. Mm. So I feel like these answers are, are perfectly segueing into other spaces and other parts of this conversation. So you talk about um, in policies and that political dominance. What do we as black people need to know right now? 2020, uh, it's a census year, it's an election year. What do we need to know? Um, what you need to know is that you need to know. <laughs> so I think a that's, lot of that's times... Legit. And my biggest thing that I try to raise the flag around is education. A lot of times people do not know what they need to know um, and don't know the importance of that information. And so the sheer fact of like understanding that you should understand the census so that you can actually participate in the census, you tell your friends and family to, to participate in the census. And so just educating yourself around the importance of the census, participating, taking the census, telling a friend to tell a friend to take the census, Voting, I mean, who knows what's about to happen because Trump definitely might pull a move on us. But mm -hmm. the importance of voting this year is very important. When we look at the responses to COVID, right, we can trace that to census tracts. Communities who have higher rates, hospitals that were under-resourced. When we think about political policy decisions that were made to address the COVID pandemic, well, it is our elected officials that made yep. such decisions who were elected by us to make those decisions. So all of these things are interconnected, and we need to educate ourselves around that. All of it is interconnected. I want to just point out something really quickly that I, I saw this weekend as I was reading an article um, about, you know, uh, underlying conditions um, for people or who are, who are at higher risk of catching severe cases of COVID-19. We know some of the big factors that put people at higher risk of severe, even fatal course of death, being over 60, being overweight or obese having one or more chronic diseases such as diabetes, cardiovascular disease, kidney or lung disease, and cancer, and, and being a person of color, black, Latinx, or Native American. The fact that it, it, it's discriminately, like, I don't, not discriminately, uh, demonstratively, demonstratively just pointed out as you could be black and Latinx or Native American, you are just at, you're at a greater risk of severe or even fatal as a result of this, and 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 that's a result of policy decisions. That's that's not a, just a result of just because you're born, you know. I mean, because you're born black in America, it is you know, it's it's likely just that's the run of course, um, but not naturally by birth. You shouldn't be that just because you're black. But however, because of the 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 policy decisions um, by our elected officials, uh, we we are here. 
Um, so I, I'm happy that you mentioned that what we need to know is that we need to know and the interconnectedness of all of this. Um, so I don't want to spend, you know, time on like, you know, talking about key issues uh, because, you know, there's tons of them. And, you know, realistically, uh, that can be very subjective to the person. However, we recognize, you know, in talking about policies, the need um, for support of the black community. Um, you know, it's it's long overdue and past due on um, reparations. And I don't just mean, you know, a check or 40 acres and a mule. Um, I mean, you know, defunding the police. I mean, uh, you know, uplifting uh, and funding, investing in black uh, communities and schools in uh, hospitals and having those resources available. Um, so in this current moment of being Black Lives Matter, being at the forefront, uh, what do you say to make sure that uh, we, we keep this, this energy going? How do we make sure that we harness um, and carry this forward? That was like a loaded question. So I am answering what can we do right now in this moment to keep the advocacy going around these particular issues. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So we need to stay consistent. I think one thing, and I'm happy that folks have been really consistent. Mm -hmm. I think the coupling of the pandemic mixed with people, everyone sitting at home with nothing else to do, like, you're not about to get ready to go to the club with your friend or about to go to dinner, like, oh, you're forced to look at these images of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, that people really was like, hold up, what's going on? Um, and I think, you know, we have a tendency to be really out there and then retreat. Mm -hmm. And so I think what we need to do in this moment is not retreat. We need to keep um, the flame burning. And I think a lot of people have been saying this. I've been hearing this in different spaces. Like, you know, we have to, we have to strike when the iron's hot, the iron's hot right now. We got to keep it going. And so I think just being consistent and keeping up the momentum is really important. Um, if you need to rest, rest, right? Um, don't burn yourself out. But really continue this fight until we see the systematic change that people have been asking for for over X amount of centuries at this time. Facts on X amount of centuries. And I feel you on that because I, I feel like I laid the timeline out maybe on a previous episode about, you know, my own sort of um, personal activism, you know, right now was... I'm right now, you know, in a space of just chill, quiet, calm, like kind of re-energizing. For me, um, the continued, the consistency that I have seen in this moment has, you know, inspired me because that that weekend that everything took place with George Floyd, um, the Christian Cooper situation, I I was I was literally uh, pretty much drained, um, you know, from all the census work and just you know just being black in America. And, and as, it was at that point that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm really going to start planning some downtime because looking at the, you know, the landscape that we have ahead of us or the timeline is, you know, the census is wrapping up in a couple months or weeks. We don't even know with that. 
Um, the election is right behind that. And then realistically, we can't stop, you know, at the election. And, you know, that's a part of that consistency um, that Natasha was talking about is right now, um, you know, there's 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 momentum and we, we have to carry that. It has to, to carry into completing um, the census at a higher rate than before. Uh, that has to carry to, you know, being informed about November because it's not just the presidential election. Um, right now, you know, there are going to be uh, a ton of Senate elections going on. There's a ton of important Senate elections that are happening right now where there are black candidates on the ballot um, that, you know, we could be supporting. There's Jamie Harrison in, in South Carolina um, is one that just immediately comes to mind. Um, but there are, you know, black candidates, you know, in, in state positions uh, running for governors and and uh, state representative roles that we can definitely be supporting because guess what? After November, once they're elected um, and once they're, they're sworn into office, we, we can't stop holding them accountable um, once they get there. We have to continue holding their feet to the fire. There are things that we could, you know, even in the state of New York, we could have been enacting to, you know, make sure that we're helping the black community. Um, I think about, you know, marijuana legalization, like it, it baffles me on why we still don't have that here in New York. Um, and it's, it's realistically because, you know, where they're trying to have the, the, the profits and the revenues directed to is towards initiatives to support black and brown communities. And there are white legislators holding it up. Um, and, you know, that's a problem because, again, as we talked about, it's long overdue. So I know for me, I have said that uh, come late August, my, my, my tone on this is going to get real ignorant because at this point, um, like, we can't hold back. Like, we have to recognize that it's now, um, it's this moment. And I don't want to say it's now or never, but it's now. So to you, Nantasha, um, What's next for you in in the political space? Right now, I am working really, really hard to build out the New York City Black Women's Political Club. We are a membership-based organization, and so we are nothing without members. And I think it's important to be able to demonstrate power through numbers. So I've been working really hard with an executive, a wonderful executive um, team and group of amazing and dedicated women to continue to build our membership base and our um, activity. Um, I am also uh, considering running for the New York City Council seat, the 27th Council District seat in my community. Um, I have run for office before, obviously super passionate about how we leverage certain places of power, ultimately for systematic social change, um, recognizing also the power that the council, local government has on the day-to-day -day, um, lives of people that live in the city and wanting to play a role um, in that decision-making process and leveraging the position ultimately for the people within the constituency that I would serve. Um, so those are the two biggest things politically that I'm working on. That's dope uh, that you talked about running for office um, and you've previously done it, you're considering it now. 
Um, I want to go back real quick before we go forward and start to wrap up. Uh, but you talked about the Black Women's Political Club um, and looking to build your membership. Uh, so two things with that is, what are some of the things that uh, you have previously done um, as you know the Black Women's Political Club, um, you know, here in New York City? What is the, what is the, like just what are some of the activities y'all have done previously that uh, interested in the women uh, could but look forward to or or have done to think about you know going forward as being you know activities that they could join in on with the club. Yep. Yeah, so you can come join as a member. www.newyorkcitynyc bwpc.com again www.nycbwpc.com you're actively looking for members to help build out such programming um but you can look forward to um we're actually doing planning three events right now um one is an event on the crown act so for those that may not know new york state passed the crown act um which uh enables, I guess, support um, for people who have been discriminated against because of their hairstyles. Um, obviously, as a black woman, you know, I have braids in now, I might have a wig tomorrow. So having that support around our crown is very important. Um, we did an event um, around the Crown Act for Caucus Weekend in Albany. Um, and for those of you that don't know, it's a weekend in Albany where the state, the black, Puerto Rican, Hispanic, and the two Asians um, of the state legislature hold a conference in Albany every year. So we did a workshop there on that. We did a workshop at a beauty supply, beauty salon, not a supply, beauty salon in Brooklyn. Um, and then we are looking to do a virtual edition of this Crown Act, um, given that COVID has happened, right? Like, we couldn't get our hair done. Mm. You know, people have to pull up on the Zoom, you know, in a in a head wrap. Um, so, you know, what does that mean in this COVID times with hair? And how has that showed up for people, especially black women, um, given that we couldn't go to the hairdresser, which is a big thing for black women. Um, another event that we're working on in partnership with 21 and 21 and Build the Bench um, is an event focused on how to, it's a two part. Um, pretty much governing with the racial lens, uh, and then also running for office with the racial lens. So we obviously want to support black women in office, but hey, the Black Women's Political Club has been very clear. We want to see more of us here, but we know that it isn't just black women that are in office, so it doesn't matter if you're yellow, green, red, white, blue, or purple. Um, we want to make sure that you know what our issues are as black women in our communities. And we want to make sure that you are advocating for a agenda that best suits us and our needs. Um, and also doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, independent, Democratic, socialist, whoever, you know, what are you doing for black women in their communities? And that's what we care about most. And so this event is to essentially educate and talk about how folks can run for office, again, with a racial justice lens. Um, and then also, when you get in government, how not to be a racist idiot, right? Like, <laughs> how not to um, pass biased laws that disproportionately affect communities of color? Mm. 
that's so real, so so real. So to that, uh, besides you know being a woman, what do you need to know to be a part of the Black Women's Political Club? what's up um so before we get out of here um let people know what uh where they can find you if they're interested in knowing more about your your organization or about the work that you're doing um and what about what you will be doing yeah so i'm like actively trying to figure my life out get a little bit more organized streamline things but again for the black women's political club um, you can find us online at um, NYC, so New York City, NYC, B, Black, Women's, W, uh, Political PC, so NYCBWPC.com. Um, we're on Instagram as NYCBWPC. We're on Facebook as the New York City Black Women's Political Club, the full name. Um, we are also... No, that's all. We have Instagram, Facebook, and online. Um, oh, our email, um, info at nycbwpc.com. Um, for me personally, you can, I have a website, natashawilliams.com, um, and then you can check for more updates. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to announce my candidacy at some point officially. Um, and so you can find those updates at natasha2021.com. Ooh, already said, mm, that's what's up. Mm, claim it. So, um, we're going to wrap up. We're going to get out of here. I want to thank Nantasha for uh, spending some time and uh, just spreading the word on uh, black politics. I think, I know, it is important that in 2020, uh, we as black people really know that we need to know uh, more information that we need to be a part of the conversations and a part of the actions going on. I have personally been inspired uh, by what I have seen in this moment and want to just urge all of us to uh, keep it going, to um, you know, find different spaces and places in which you can be effective, that you can um, you know, contribute. Uh, Natasha, you know, pointed out, and I, I really asked that question, hoping to get, you know, an answer like that, um, that, you know, that you don't need to know anything, you don't need a qualification, 
um, to, you know, to be a part of these things. All you have to have is just a little bit realistically of an interest and a desire to want to make, you know, create positive change um, within your community and be a part of that. So uh, with that, that, you know, wraps up this uh, first black short. Um, I don't know how many more of these there will be. There will be several. Um, I just don't have a number or a cap on them yet. Uh, they may run them right up into the new season, but y'all keep tuning in. Y'all, y'all seem to like this shit. Um, I appreciate y'all for liking this shit. Uh, as always, you can find, uh, you can email everybodymadpod at gmail.com. You can like and follow on IG, everybodymadpod. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what I was going to say after that. Oh, on all major podcast platforms, everybody mad. Uh, I thank y'all for tuning in. I thank Natasha. Tune in in a couple weeks for the next one. I'm out. <laughs>